0: So it's a great joy and uh, indeed an honor to speak the word of God from this sacred position. And I'm very grateful to Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey and also every one of you for this wonderful opportunity to share God's word of grace that you may hear his voice of praise. And I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter four to start with, it's all about rest. And I think it's a very important message for the body of Christ at this point of time in history. When the world's going through a crisis, When people individually and collectively are panicking and praying here, there, and everywhere, including the church. All of us, in that sense. And this would encourage us. This would build us. Paul said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32 that he commends the people of Ephesus. And now I'm commending you to the word of his grace, which is able to build us. And give us an inheritance among the slaves. So, let's begin. Hebrews chapter 4, from verse 1. Therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest. It's a promise. To enter his rest. And today, we're going to learn a lot about rest. What it means and how it can manifest through us because we may know what it means, but we may not know how it could manifest through us. The clue here is about the promise of entering the rest. Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. And today, I think many are coming short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they, referring to the Old Testament, the people of Israel, uh, who did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. There's another clue. Faith. You see, Let's realize something. Our life in Christ began because of grace. By grace, we've been saved through faith, Ephesians 2 verse 8. In other words, we've been regenerated. It's a work of God. It's not our work. Not our works of righteousness, but His grace and grace alone that brought us to where we are in Christ today. And His grace keeps working in us. If we allow Him to work in us, I would strongly recommend, uh, perhaps I'm boasting a bit, that you could ask for the teachings that I have brought on the science of faith. There are about four or five series uh, that will teach the science of grace and how it operates, in the four dimensions of faith. And one of the dimensions is rest. It's a very important dimension of life in Christ you see what had happened to the people of Israel is that they did not enter into the rest because they did not believe the promises of God and today there is a whole lot of that kind of thing going on including within churches who teach grace because there is a mixture of grace and works let me show you how it works. How grace and works, unfortunately, are mixed. And remember, we cannot put new wine into old wine skins. They burst. Okay? And also remember what he said in Luke chapter 5 at the end. He said, People prefer the new, uh, the old. Prefer. People prefer prefer the old. And in interpreting it I would say the old of the old covenant. Now here's how it works. Are you ready? Listen to Isaiah 64 that the prophet is praying Render the heavens and come down. And that prayer is still being prayed by many. For God to render the heavens. It means to Open it violently in in an amazing, phenomenal manner and come down. Because that's how God comes in a phenomenal manner. Sometimes in a soft, phenomenal manner. But here it's talking about come. And we're still praying that prayer. Churches are still saying bring to the heavens and they're thinking of revival. Send revival. Now I want you to Understand this. When Jesus came and he was baptized, the Bible clearly says, the Word of God clearly says, and by the way, i will be referring to the Bible and the Word of God synonymously, but mostly the Word of God, because it's the Word of God that we need. Okay, that is what pierces, as Hebrews 4, 12 says. Not the Bible. I'll, I'll explain that. So, here we see Jesus at his baptism and then suddenly something phenomenal happens. The heavens open. And you know what it is in the direct translation of it. it has been rendered. Opened. Phenomenal. So that prayer of Isaiah 64 was answered at the baptism of Jesus Christ. But now, today we are still praying it. Now please hear me. I may sound a bit like uh, as people would say bursting a bubble or giving you a couple of shocks. But try to understand. Try to allow your heart to be open to the newness of His grace. So now when He came we're still saying render the heavens we're still praying and let it be said let it be known God cannot answer that prayer because it's already happened. And many of our prayers are like that. Many of the ways in which we walk with God. Now, prayer is very important. But the kind of prayers that we release appear or sound like we are coming against God. We doubt it. Now, here's another one have you heard this it's a common brand possibly I would have also prayed it in the early days. be with us O Lord be with us O Lord as we're going for an interview or we're going uh, to meet somebody or we're doing something we say be with us Lord when he has very clear said, no, I am with you always. Always. In other words, we're not believing that He is with us. We're willing in some kind of um, cleansing of the conscience that's been gone into the picture. But we're not trusting His word. And that is the problem. And that is how we don't mix the word with faith because we think listen to me very carefully we think that faith is something we do in order to receive from God but that's not faith faith is accepting what he's already done for us and when By grace, we walk through faith. Let me say that again. Faith is not us trying to do something, whether it's fasting or praying, reading the Bible, going to meetings, listening even to this very word. We think that this is what would please God or would enable God to do something for us. That we got to do something. Beloved, that's not faith. It is impossible to please Him without faith. And faith is the substance of things, hope from the evidence of things, 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 meaning that which is already done. Grace is not what we do for Him. Grace is what He has done for us. And now, through faith, we appropriate what He has done. I hope this helps you understand what I meant by praying prayers that appear spiritual, but they're actually religious. And I'm bold to say that those prayers are still within the spirit of religion, are being influenced by the spirit of religion. Lord, be with me. He said, even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. In other words, we don't have to pray for the light at the end of the tunnel. The light is with us, in us. I am the light of the world. And you follow me, you never walk in darkness. Wow! And now it's not even a necessity to follow. Why? Because he is in us. That light is in us. And everything about his life, which is complete, is in us. And so we do not look up. We look in. grace through faith we appropriate the promises now this is what happened to these people the people of israel they were removed from bondage by promises by mighty signs and wonders they were removed from bondage but a whole generation died in the wilderness because some would say disobedience but because of unbelief disobedience is the of unbelief. And because of that unbelief, and their murmuring and grumbling, and their unwillingness to believe that He was taking them to the promised land, promises, the generation died there. And we know that in Joshua 21, finally, it says that they had rest. And yet, in Hebrews chapter 4, they say that the type and figure of the people of Israel in the promised land was not fulfilled. That rest was not completed. But verse 9 says, verse 10 says, there remains a rest for the people of God. Given me, there remains a rest that is the promise. So what is this rest? Let's define it now. In defining it, let's go a little uh Down right for we who have believed verse 3 for we who have believed third point believe do enter that rest as he has said so i swore in my law, they shall never enter my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way and god rested on the seventh day from all his works and again in this place they shall not enter my rest god's rest not our rest his rest now remember this what what's the rest he's speaking of his rest. and for that we have to go back to genesis chapter where after the creation on the seventh day, he rested. And God rested. What does that mean? It certainly does not mean that God was tired because Isaiah 40 speaks that the everlasting one never it never gets tired. Psalm 121 says, uh, he watches over us and he neither slumbers nor sleeps. So then what is this stress The word there means that he completed his work. That's amazing. He completed his work. In other words, he looked at his work, he said it is... Very good. He looked at man. He said, He did very good. And on the seventh day, if you believe uh, in the literal seven days, even that I will explain and help you to believe it if you want. But He rested, which means He finished His creation. He finished it completely. There was nothing more to be added. And ever since that first creation, God has not added. Anything else to his work. Because he delighted in his work, he accomplished it, he saw that it was finished, it was complete now, and now there is nothing more that he does but simply rest, sit, and admire. Because in doing that as well, he he gave man the authority. But unfortunately. We do not function That authority We continue to cry out to God To save us And to heal us And all of that We'll come to that a little later Now watch this He completed his work In other words From that day onwards If it was a day, From that time onwards From that time of eternity He has not created Up to this day another single aspect of His creation. How do I know that? Because it's very clear. Genesis chapter one, it says, from verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields food according to its kind. You see, God's creation was completed because it was in totality. When he created that first tree or when he planted, when he put that seed and that's important, that seed had in its power to regenerate and to recreate over and over and over again and God does not create anymore. Whether it's a tree, whether it's peace, the the seed to bring forth of its own kind, it already has a law embedded in it that produces. So God didn't have to get up in the morning and say, Wow, millions of birds have been slaughtered or millions of animals have been slaughtered. Let me create a bunch of new animals. No, he doesn't. Because within this, within this animal, there is the capacity to recreate and regenerate and produce constantly, perpetually. He placed in the animal, he placed in this creation a law that is to perpetuate, self-perpetuation. So he rested now. Having done that, he is not resting. He works from a place of rest not that he doesn't he works like you and i need to work from a place of rest he's watching and most of the time he's working through us as he's given us the authority i hope this has cleared some thoughts about god not creating anymore he did but it was a new creation And this is why I don't believe because the Bible is very clear. The word of God is very clear when it speaks and it says that of his kingdom there shall be no end. Number one, again Isaiah. Number two, that the earth is created in such a way that it will never ever be destroyed. And all this uh, talk about, you know, man is destroying the earth and one day it's going to blow up and, and the end of the world is going to come and all of that is anti-God. Why? Because we are not accepting what God says of his creation. God has so created that 7 million which may be the population today of the uh, world, seven billion, sorry, people can be fed without, without any problem, provided it's shared. Today, unfortunately, we have the poor with us. We have poverty and all of that because the, the wealth is in the hands of a few. And that too will change because the Kingdom of God is going to progressively move forward and within the principle of the Kingdom there is giving and sharing, and that will come. So the earth will never be destroyed. Even the interpretation of a new heaven and a new earth is completely different in God's way of thinking and the way it's being interpreted today and the end of the world. And all this is the ozone there. and all this. Yes, it is happening, that's the reality, but that's not the finality. Because God's word stands forever. Eternally, is His word settled in heaven. All you and I got to do is to receive it and appropriate it. Take healing, for example. When people get sick, they say, Lord, oh, heal me. Now that's okay to a child in Christ. That's okay. But then God has provided healing in his son. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, and many others. Romans 8, 11. The bodies quickened by his strength. They were healed or was healed. I am healed. Not I will be healed. And it's like a person who says, Lord, heal me, means that yes, I'm sick. That's the reality. Nobody can doubt that. When a person gets sick, nobody can know it. That's a reality. But we are not walking towards our healing. Please get this. We're not walking towards our healing. We are in healing because He died. I've got to appropriate it. You've got to appropriate it. It's not walking towards. It's walking from. Into a greater dimension of healing. Called health. And that's why 3 John verse 2 says. I wish above all that you prosper and be in good health. Healing is when we get sick. Health is the way we prosper through the way we think. And so. When we say, Lord, heal me. And then we are, you know, people by faith, this say, I am going to be healed. No, beloved, These are words that contradict the word of God. And may never, ever the words that contradicts the word of God come to us. May we always be ready and willing to walk in the world appropriating by faith. So when I say I'm going to be healed, that means I have now the word of God that says, by his stripes, I am healed. That the spirit of God quickens my mortal body. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will quicken my body. Beloved, We've got to realize this big difference. No wonder people are walking in poverty, no wonder people are walking constantly sick, they have not or in financial difficulties, they have not entered the rest, the creative work of God. Now again, when Yeshua walked on earth. He completed the job. He said, it is finished. This work of the law, this work that I came for, is over. It is finished. But we are still working it. We are still trying to make it happen. He completed it. It means completed the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in Yeshua, and then in Colossians 2 10 says, We are complete in him. Wow. That means everything that God promised in the new creation. That's why we are a new creation, which is also in a few translations, new species. 2 Corinthians 5.17 A new species of a different realm of a different humanity. We are not the humanity that we see walking around us outside of are A new humanity with a new power within us. The fullness of the Godhead in us. We are complete. And by grace we have come to that place. Nothing to do with us. You will Recognize when you listen to the signs of grace and we talk on the uh, dimension of rest and how people are busy trying to be delivered from their ego, delivered from their issues when all they have to do is to take that issue, take that anxiety, take that worry, whatever it is, that sickness, and enter into the rest. Believe. I am here. This is all it means. I am in it. I don't need to go there. I am here. This is the now. Now is the salvation. This is the I am. And so, beloved, we know that if we are here, then there is no need to go there to another place where we think would be the place of rest. The place of healing, the place of financial supply, the place of wonderful prosperity. No, to be here means to be here in what the word is saying now. And therefore, my walk figuratively is walking in the now, walking in what I have. And so he says in Second Peter chapter one and verse three that he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. That is the rest. To rest in it. As God rested. Let's go back to our reading in Hebrews chapter 4. And let's see what he's saying. Now, here's something I want you to know. This certainly is the Bible. But it has to be the word of God. It's the Word of God according to chapter 4, verse 12. It's the Word of God which is living. The Bible is written, and unless this Word of God becomes flesh in us, it's just a book. The words are good and great and powerful and inspiring, but we don't want the information. If we want the information, then we can go to Google. That's all Google gives. It doesn't give revelation, it gives information. And a lot of us are reading the Bible for information and we think in receiving information, we now know. No beloved. We need revelation. And when we read this book, we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes of understanding that we may receive revelation, the spirit of revelation and wisdom so that we may know the power of his resurrection. So it's revelation of his word. And when that revelation comes out of our mouths, it creates what we have desired. And so let's read on from verse six of Hebrews 4. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. And I told you, disobedience is the outward act of the unbelieving heart. And when you read further, it speaks about do not harden your heart. Okay? And now, verse 8 For Joshua had given them rest, then he would not, for if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day there remains therefore a rest for the people of God for he who entered his rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from us he ceased from his works no more works as I explained to you let us therefore who's in that let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, I like that. Some of the versions say let us labor. Labor has the connotation and has the interpretation of walking. Working. But be diligent has to do with perception and an attitude. Labor is a work. Diligent is an attitude. And so diligently I speak after his word. And when I seek his word and I find it, like Jeremiah said, I, my heart rejoices. And then I guard my heart with diligence with the word of God as I let it dwell in my heart richly. Because the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged soul. The word of God. And so how do I enter His breath very simple. Believe. Do not harden your heart as in the day of provocation. It's there. It's spoken about. Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8 speaks of it. Do not harden your heart as in the day of provocation when they tempted He had promised them the good of the land. He had promised them everything and yet they harden their heart. So, how does this hardness break? Now, there are many ways in which we can do it. Number one, we can take an axe. I want you to think of a hard cube of ice. Okay, hard cube of ice. Now, we can take an axe and smash it. But then what happens? It grows into smithers and pieces. We cannot put it together. But here's another way. We can allow the warmth of water to melt it down. To its, what is ice? Its primordial substance is water. Water is life. And out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. When the power of Holy Spirit comes on us, that is the warmth of God's grace upon the hardness of the heart. And all we have to do is to take our anxieties, take our troubles, take our difficulties, take our panic, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Take it. He says, come to me, I will give you rest. But we need to go to him and stay there in his presence which is fullness of joy and as we stay there the the warmth of his love melts that hardness and we no longer have that hardness but we are soft and we've come back to our primordial substance of life what a walk of grace. It's beautiful. It's a rest. And I would encourage the the way we go through this situation is rest. Be in his presence. Now that doesn't mean you don't work, but you work from a place of rest. Says my presence goes before you and I'll be rest. It's already done below. His presence has gone before us and cleared the pathway, made it all beautiful. He's caused us and brought us into His grace land, into this place of life full of mystery, full of life, full of healing, full of prosperity, full of joy, love, joy, peace, all of it. And all we have to do is Rest. Zephaniah says he, he quiets us with his love and Isaiah 32 says my people will dwell in peaceable habitations sure places and quiet resting places I believe you are his people I know I am and therefore there remains a rest for the people of God. That's a promise. Can we rest in it? Instead of trying to make it happen through fasting and praying and Bible study and further study and further wanting revelation knowledge and bother ourselves with all this. No beloved. I believe in all this. I read the Bible, but I read it because there is a love in me. That he placed Romans 5 5. And that love draws me to his word. And as I am drawn to his word by that love, faith comes and enables me, because by hearing the word of Christ, faith comes and then enables me to respond again. Grace is. God, having done everything, faith is my response to his everything that I may have life and life more abundantly. So I invite you today. I'm going to pray this. I invite everybody, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your situation is, and even if you don't know then today is a good time to say very openly and very sincerely, I don't know you, as your word shows your life. Help me. Help me. I believe. That's all. I believe. I receive. I accept. I trust in you with all my heart. I lean not to my own understanding rationality and all that is happening around me that speaks contrary I believe is O will you come like that right now and Father Abba thank you that you have given us rest thank you that through Yeshua Amashia one who came and the world became flesh and moved around us and brought grace and truth. I declare that each one listening, wherever they may be, no matter what situation they are in, no matter who they are, will receive of your fullness grace upon grace and enjoy the life that you have prepared for them, that you already have given and made ready for them, a banquet table, that they can come there and eat of it. If they are sick, thank you that they have already healed. If they are in financial constraints and difficulties, thank you that you have already made all grace to abound in them, that they have all sufficiency in all things to abound unto every good work. Thank you for your work. Thank you for the finished work through Yeshua Mashiach. And now, I'm appropriated by faith because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Let every sick body that is now listening right now to this word, I declare, you are healed. Every person with financial difficulties and constraints, you are healed. Every broken relationship, mended and reconciled. Whatever it is, that is against the work of God, that is against. The Spirit of Christ disappear, dissolve, and let them come back to that prime new life in Christ Jesus that they may know that in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand. Our pleasure is Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And may you always, always, at all times, through thanksgiving, receive the abundance of life.